Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Tuesday, January 19th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and on this Tuesday edition of the podcast, joined by my good buddy here, the co-host of the MMA OB Daily Podcast for Tuesdays, Mr. Cole Shelton. How's it going, Cole? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm great, and I'll see a lot of you this week, Cole. We have two cards this week, so me and Cole will be breaking down tomorrow, Wednesday, the uh, Kies and Magni card today, and then on Thursday, 10 a.m., I guess we'll do a quick quick recap, Cole, of what happens. But honestly, like I I, have, I I feel like we would better off sort of just breaking down that whole car on Thursday. So most of the show will be that uh, breakdown for UFC 257. But I do probably want to talk about like at least the main event on uh, on Thursday. But just so people know, if they they're wondering where like uh, the the uh, recap comes on on Thursday, we're gonna try to stick to the full preview. I want to give a full hour for the previews this year. That's why I have a show on Monday now with Marcel and or whoever by myself even um, or a different guest just recapping the fights of the weekend. But I think we should get right into it, Cole. So just to recap, uh, the last card six and four and five and five. I think for you, Cole, five and five. Is that right? Yeah. So first fight, first card of the of the year, and there was a lot of upsets. So kind of a tough card to pick, honestly. But uh, I'm excited to talk about this one. I mean, listen. It's not the best card. Like, let's be completely honest, Cole, it really isn't. The card on Saturday is much better, but there are some quality fights in this card. And to me, there's there's some money to be won. So let's dive right into it. Um, I'm just going to pull up the uh, topology, Cole. Just give me your initial thoughts on the card as a whole, as usual. I mean, there's some fights I'm looking forward to. The main event, I think it's a pretty good main event. Fights on early Wednesday morning, I can't really complain about watching yeah. fights in the day on a Wednesday. But it's... Obviously, this is the worst one of the three cards, but it's it's still a there's still some good fights I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's another good point. Six or uh, nine a.m. Um, Eastern time, six six a.m. I guess it would be right for uh, Pacific, right? Or would it be? Yeah. I don't even, I don't even know. Can't even think of the time, but yeah, nine a.m. for us, Cole. It's going to be fine with me. I mean, this is our job, so no problem with that. Um, let's start with the card. Let's start with the first fight according to topology. Women's flyweight boat, Victoria Leonardo against Manon Fierro. And right now we have Fierro minus 200, Victoria Leonardo plus 170. Who's your pick, Cole? I like uh, Fierro. I've just been a bit more impressed there. I know Leonardo did pull off that big upset over Chelsea Hackett. I'm still just not sure what she's going to be like in the UFC. You know, it's kind of crazy. This line opened as a straight pick. And then you obviously see the public went hard on Fierro. It's she obviously looked good in UAE Warriors. I guess her biggest win would probably be her last one. That's the most experienced girl she fought. She did fight uh, Leah McCourt in her debut, lost a split decision. So obviously fought someone like that. But Leonardo, like she does have some good uh, wins. Like she's fought in Invicta. She's fought the like girls like uh, Miranda Maverick, Aaron Blanchfield. She has she does have a win over Haley Cowan, who's like a top prospect in LFA. But I just think Fiero's a bit better. On the feet, she's a lot better than Leonardo. And then if it hits the ground, that's where Hackett had a lot of problems against Leonardo. But I just think Fiero is a lot better grappler, where she'll be able to keep it standing and just on the feet, be able to piece up Leonardo. I'm not too sure she'll be able to finish her. We have seen Leonardo get knocked out before. Fiero has a lot of dog power, but I like Fiero just to win this fight. I'm not maybe a late stoppage. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. So I honestly didn't really know much about her. I watched tape on her yesterday, and, man, I'm impressed. I mean, she looked good. She's got a really dominant ground game, as you guys can see in those fights. And, yeah, I mean, her level competition has been great. It has not been terrible, though. Like, the, at least the women she's fighting are, like, they're, they're women with, with winning records for the most part. So it's not like she's fighting horrible competition. I actually was pretty impressed, man. I think she has really good dominant wrestling, and 
Her striking was pretty vicious that last fight against Campo where she finished her against the fence. I think she looked pretty good. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not sure, like, how she's going to fare against UFC caliber fighters, but, you know, this is a good step, I think, for her to get a, a win in the UFC, a good fight for her to get a, her first fight in in the UFC against, like, Leonardo, who's coming off a nice win. I mean, listen, she, she looked great in the last fight against Chelsea Hackett, but I'm just not convinced that Hackett's even on the same level as Firo is right now, especially with the grappling. Like, that's where Leonardo just dominated her in that last fight, and it was a smart game plan, and she got a UFC contract, but it's still someone that's lost a few times in Invicta Cole. Like, we've seen her lose actually in, as an amateur quite a few times as well. I'm just not completely sold on her yet. So, yeah, I mean, definitely Leonardo, you know what? Like, she's got some finishing ability for this weight class, which is nice to see. I just I just don't see it in this fight. I think it's kind of a bad matchup for her. I like Thoreau quite a bit, Cole. i got to be honest, man. Uh, minus 200 is not bad. I, I think she she's going to be someone I think that once you see her fight, you're going to be like, oh, I wish I bet on her. Like, from what I've seen, she's really, really good. So, Thoreau, I'm thinking decision, Cole, but it could be a late TKO, like you said, maybe ground and pound, because Thoreau just takes you down, pounds you out. That's what she does to a lot of her opponents, and she's pretty successful at it. But obviously, I, I would say Leonardo is a step up in competition. I just think she's going to be able to pass the test. So, Thoreau, and I, I do like her quite a bit. Jamie Gidley, what's up, guys? Murphy versus DeAndre is going to be a banger. I love that fight, too, man. Can't wait to talk about that one. That's actually one of the better fights. Okay, next up, we have a bantamweight boat. Umar Nurmagomedov against Sergey Morozov. And uh, the odds are, well, they're pretty crazy. Minus 525 for Nurmi and plus 415 for Morozov. Um, what do you think of this, these odds, Cole? They seem kind of inflated. Yeah, I don't like the odds at all. I do like... Um... Nurmagomedov to win inside the distance is plus 205. I think he finishes the fight. I think he gets Mazarov down and uh, submits him. If you, I would obviously submission's a bit higher, but just in case like, he grounds pounds him out, I do think Nurmagomedov finishes this fight. We've seen Mazarov get finished before, like uh, Mazar Evloov submitted him. He's been knocked out before at M1. And Nurmagomedov just has relentless wrestling. And this guy gets you down to the ground and he's just going to look to ground and pound you or take a hold of your neck. And I'm not really sure if uh, Mazarov can keep up that, can like survive that for 15 minutes. Like it might not be a first down finish. It might be a late finish where eventually Mazarov just kind of had enough and he's just getting beat up so much that he just, he, like Nirmala can just grab hold of his neck. But I like him to finish. I wouldn't bet him straight. That's obviously way too high of a line. I think just because of the last name, he is getting bet up a lot more. Like, But I do think this is a very winnable fight for him in his UFC debut. I actually would have liked to see that Nathaniel Wood. I think that's a lot closer a fight. I think that's a fight that should happen next, but I like Nurmagomedov up to win inside the distance. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm picking him, obviously. I just think the line's crazy. Like, We saw this guy fight in PFL. Honestly, he wasn't that special to me. I know he's really young. He's only 25, so I'm sure he's made some improvements. He hasn't fought in two years. So I'm sure that's helped as well to get some improvements, but that's a that's a long layoff. And again, you know, just a guy that I honestly wasn't that impressed with the PFL. He didn't look that great, but we all know the, the pedigree, we know the background. So I'm not surprised he was a big fair. I just I honestly think Morozov has a much better chance to win than the Andre indicating. Um, he's on a nice win streak, five fight win streak. He's fought some solid competition at M1. I believe he is the champion there, bandway champ. To me, he's got a really good chance to win this fight, Cole. So I actually am going to stay away from this one. I'm going to pick Nurmagomedov. I think he'll probably grind a decision note, but I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Morozov won. I, I think it's a it's a possibility and uh, definitely a better chance to be odds are indicating plus four fifteen. I just I wouldn't play it myself. I, I but I do think that it should be like, you know, it's closer to like minus three fifty or minus four hundred than minus five twenty five. But that's my opinion on that one. Okay, next up we have a. 
lightweight bout between Mike Davis and Mason Jones. And right now we have Mike Davis minus 160, Jones plus 140. Who's your pick? This is actually my first underdog. I like Mason Jones. I think Mason Jones is as legit as they come. This guy's a two-division champion of Cage Warriors. Only Dan Hardy and Conor McGregor are the only ever two-division champions of Cage Warriors. So you know how good you have to be. Cage Warriors, a really good promotion. He's a guy that's knocked out Adam Proctor in the first round, who a lot of guys thought if he won the welterweight championship, he's someone the UFC signing right away. He was 12-1. and one. Uh, he was a lot bigger than Jones, and Jones just kind of walked him down and just beat him up pretty good. Um, has some good wins in Cage Warriors, has a high-level competition. So I like about Cage Warriors is they don't kind of just pad people's records. Like You have to go through the ringer. With Mike Davis, like it's kind of tough. Like The guy loses to Sadiq Yusuf on contender series. That's obviously a tough fight. but And then he wins two, takes a short-notice fight against Gilbert Burns. That's about as tough as it gets, a short-notice fight against Gilbert Burns. Then he goes out there and just dominates Thomas Gifford. But Thomas Gifford it was not UFC caliber at all. So it's really hard to tell how good Mike Davis is just because the guy is losing to legit, obviously, contenders. He lost to uh, Sadiq Yusuf at featherweight, and then he loses to Gilbert Burns at lightweight. He has been fighting at lightweight recently, but Mason Jones is a guy that fought at welterweight. He's, I think he's going to be a lot bigger than Mike Davis. I wouldn't be surprised if he's, it's going to be similar to that Proctor fight where Jones isn't really too scared of him, just kind of walks him down. Does he finish as Mike Davis? I'm not too sure. Obviously, Sadiq Yusuf couldn't even finish him. I'll pick Mason Jones by decision because I think this guy is a future contender in this division. Yeah, I, I like this matchup too. You know what's crazy? I'm just looking at the stats. How did Thomas Gifford land 88 significant strikes in that fight? I don't remember him landing one. I just remember him getting like one of the worst beatings of all time. And you know what's crazy, Cole? I was like, after that fight, I was like, Thomas Gifford will never fight again. He actually fought again. Mike Davis is the one who has never fought since that fight. How crazy is that? One of the worst beatdowns we've ever seen. The guy who got his ass kicked actually has been in the cage sooner than the guy who looked incredible. I'll be honest, man. I mean, that was a good performance, but I'm not sold on him, Cole. I'm with you. I, I think Mason Jones can win this fight. Uh, some underdogs will win this card. And at plus 140, I think there's value on him. I actually think he could be favored in this fight. I'm with you, Cole. I think, you know, first off, he's undefeated, which I love, 10-0. 25 years old, super young, and he's fought good competition. If you look at who's fought, they're guys with winning records. So I've been impressed with this dude. I think he's quite good. Um, Mike Davis definitely looked good in the Thomas Gifford fight. Other than that, I haven't been too impressed with the guy. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if he won him. He's definitely got good striking. We've seen that. But I think Mason Jones actually is probably a more uh, just varied striker. He's got overall better striking. I think it's going to be – what he needs to do to win this fight. So my pick is uh, Mason Jones, actually, Cole. I'm going to take him by, I don't know, maybe decision. I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe knockout. By the way, Cole, I can hear uh, some echo. I don't know if that's on your end or something. Like, I can hear myself talking. Maybe because – or uh, usually wear headphones or no? No. Okay. That's weird. I can definitely hear myself, though. Uh, if anyone else can hear, can you just let me know in the chat? It's fine for me. Okay, it is? Okay. Okay, that's weird. I can definitely hear myself. Uh, straight wager Jones is a real solid fighter. You guys are onto something here. I agree. And Marcus likes the underdog value in Jones. Yeah, I like him too. Uh, I think at plus 140 is value, guys. So, yeah, I, I think he's definitely going to probably be a bet for me because I think he could be favorite call. I'll be honest. I think he could be like minus 130 or something like that, like minus to like even money. I just think he should be slightly favored here. Don't get me wrong. Mike Davis is decent. If he wins, it wouldn't surprise me, but I like Jones. All right, next up, we got. This is a fun one, too. Okay, actually, they're saying 125, but I think it's at 135. No, it's flyweight. You sure? Yep. Okay, perfect. It is flyweight. Good. 
Um, where did I see it was 135? Probably Tapology or not Tapology. Wikipedia had it at 135 yesterday. So I have to update my article. Yeah, I thought it was a 125 because I remember when Figueredo said he was coming to the UFC, he wanted to fight at 125. So that's good to see. Uh, as far as this fight goes, the odds have Dave, or uh, Francisco Figueredo minus 150, Jerome Rivera plus 130. What are your thoughts on this one, Cole? I'm going back to back underdogs and. I'm going to Jerome Rivera here. That there's a couple reasons. Francisco Figueredo, he did make 126 this morning, but the guy hasn't fought since 2019. He's been fighting at band weight and featherweight. So I kind of worry what his cardio is going to be like at flyweight, just cutting all that extra weight. He does have a lot of naga power, but he just hasn't fought since his last win was 2018. And his last fight was a draw, which is kind of surprising. It's just the name got him in. But the thing is, it's hard to find tape on this guy like there isn't many fights out there and he has lost before like he's not this undefeated guy he's not very active either and i liked even though jean Rivera to get knocked out against tyson am he had a good first round he fought a good fight where i think if he can survive that first round francisco figueredo where it looks like that's where he's the most dangerous i think you can have a lot of success where you can out cardio figueredo and just pick him apart for the second third round win decision I think Figueredo is becoming the favorite just because of that last name. They're not much available on him. He's not this undefeated guy like his uh, brother, this like world beater. I think if this is a spot where I think this is a close fight. Like I think this should be a pick. I was get underdog money on Stromavera. I kind of have to take the shot. This was interesting too, no doubt about it. Actually, I did the opening odds yesterday, and Rivera actually opened as the favorite, so the lines flipped, and I'm not surprised by that. I think. I think the oddsmakers should have opened him as a fair just because of the last name. People are going to bet on regardless. And, uh, you know, listen, like, I, I understand that this is not the greatest way to pick a fight, but I don't think I could pick against a guy with the last name Figueredo. I don't think I could pick against Davison's brother. I just don't think I could do it, guys. I and mean, we'll see how good he really is. What I saw on tape when I, when, I, uh, when I wrote the article about him signing like two months ago, he looked really good to me. But he hasn't fought in a while, which is definitely scary. Rivera's got some advantages. He's younger. He is a bit longer, a bit taller. So he's got some advantage in this fight. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just worried because of the chin a little bit. We saw him get knocked out in that fight. And he's been finished quite a few times, three times actually. One was an injury, but it does worry me a little bit. I'm going to, I guess as, as bad as it sounds, I'm going to blindly pick Figueredo um, on a hunch that he's going to look really good in this fight. But I'm not, pay, I'm not going to play this fight. Rivera has advantages, like Cole said. I wouldn't be surprised if he won. I just don't think I could pick against a Figueredo right now, honestly. His brother looks amazing. He says his brother's going to be really good in the UFC. And, and, and you know what? How can you doubt these guys? They, they're they both – well, his brother is incredible. So let's see how good this guy really is. It's a good test for him. Good test for both guys. Davis, or, uh, Francisco Figueredo by decision. But I don't think I could play this fight, Cole. I'm going to stay away from it, watch these guys, see how good he really is, and, and we'll make an evaluation based on this fight. All right, next up we have Dal uh, is it is that the right fight? Yeah, yep. Dalka Lugiambula against Marcus Perez at 185. Dalka Lugiambula minus 135, Perez 115. Both these guys we should mention had some like issues getting a fight in the last month or two, like opponents have fallen off and stuff. So glad they were able to match this up, Cole. What's your thoughts on this fight, Cole? Well, first of all, it's kind of crazy. Dalka open is a minus 350 favorite. Because I remember I sent that to you. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, uh, I like Dalka to win this fight, but. There was no way. If this stayed at minus 350, I would have just taken the shot on Perez just because of the pure line. Like, this is to me is just a pick and fight. Like, obviously, Delcha moving down to middleweight, he made the weight. So, obviously, he could do it. But I was kind of surprised he was making that weight down because he looked pretty uh, solid at 205. But Marcus Perez coming off a knockout loss to uh, Driscus Duplessis just uh, 
like three months ago, which is kind of weird because normally when you get knocked out, I like to see you uh, take a bit more time off. Like there's countless examples like Gerald Mearshire got knocked out Ian Hine and she returns two months later and Hamza one punches him. Like is his chin fully healed? Like I'm not too sure. But Dolce doesn't have a whole lot of power. He did knock out Taquan Townsend, but that's Taquan Townsend. Uh, got knocked out against Magomed and Goliath and hasn't fought since November 2019. So the layoff kind of scares me away. This is a pure pass for me. I'll pick Dolce probably by decision, maybe a late finish, like a similar to that Daquan where he just eventually just gets him down, just kind of ground and pounds Perez out. But uh, I don't have really any interest in betting either side. Yeah, if you want to throw their picks in the chat, please feel free to. I'd like to see what other people are thinking for this fight, especially because this is a weird one, Cole, honestly. Uh, two guys that have been really inconsistent in the UFC, Dalka, one and one look good against Townsend and then look terrible against Ankalov. He got nailed in the face of that front kick, finished. Hasn't fought since then, Cole. A lot of guys haven't fought since that card. Zabit hasn't fought since that card. He headlined it. Like, that card is just cursed or something, man. A lot of these guys just haven't fought much. Like, listen, like, the guy is making his 185-pound debut call, and he's already a huge uh, light heavyweight. I'm just worried that he cut too much weight. Like, didn't he cut weight the last time, too? Like, he's cut weight twice, right? That worries me, I'll be honest, because he's never fought in 185 before. So, of course, it worries me, especially cutting weight twice. Now, if he makes the weight successfully, I think he weighed in this morning. He's fine. No one missed weight, right? Or last yeah. night, I should say, right? Yeah, no one missed weight. It was, like, last night. It was, like, at midnight last night. So, that's good to hear, but... How we how we look in the fight? He's gonna have a little bit of time to recover, obviously. But you know, Cole, if you can make the weight, sure. I mean, there's something like about him. He's got a long reach, 76 inch reach. That's nice. But he's still like pretty short too. For five eight for that division is pretty short. I don't even know how he was fighting a light heavyweight. That's crazy at five foot eight. Perez, he's been inconsistent too, man. Like really inconsistent. Three and four in the UFC. That last fight was disappointing. Seeing him get KO because his losses were like pretty close decisions for the most part. To see him get knocked out like that was pretty surprising. Having said that, you know, I still think I got to lean towards Prez a little bit here because he's more proven in this weight class for me. And I'm just worried with Dalka with the layoff, the weight cut, the double weight cut, um, just his lack of activity in his fights. So you look at the ankle of fight, he landed six significant strikes for three rounds. Like he did nothing in that fight. If he just stands there and looks at Perez, Perez can just kick him in the leg and, and maybe you know throw some jabs and win the fight like that. That's how I actually think this fight's going to go. I think it's going to be a pretty pretty bad fight, and I think that uh, Perez wins a decision. That's that's my guess. So Perez plus one fifteen is a dog. Um, am I betting it? Probably not, but I do think that he could be slightly favored just based on his experience in the weight class. I love how we have more time to talk about the fights now, man. I feel like I can go really into in depth in these fights, which is great. Let me get this comment. Duplessis is a solid fighter. He's right about that, Claude Green. And Perez was giving all he could handle, which was surprising, honestly. Staying off this one, I have no read on Perez. Yeah, he's a weird fighter, man. He's so weird, Cole. He's got some really nice wins on his resume, Cole. Doesn't he? He has a win over Heinrich, too, right? By submission, I think. So, I mean, he's just a weird dude. All right, next up. This one's a pretty good fight. Suma Darge against Zaruk Abishev. And this is definitely going to be a stand-up war. Wow, look at the odds on this one. Minus 470 for Suma Darji, Zaruk Adeshev, plus 375. Wow. What do you think of this one, Cole? Yeah, I still remember when we, we both picked Tyson Nam over Zaruk and yep. people were just calling us crazy. Like, oh, Zaruk's going to go there and knock him out. They, I don't think this guy's UFC caliber at all. No. Tyson Nam threw one punch and it knocked him out. The guy's 3-2 and two as an MMA fighter. He did fight in Bellator, but he beat an 0-1 guy, an 0-2 guy, and a 3-1 and guy. I think Sue is just going to be able to outstrike him all day. I think the line is a bit too high just because of Sue's last fight against Malcolm Gordon, which I don't put much stock into because as though I want to see all the Canadians succeed, when Malcolm Gordon gets hit, he tends to just not do well or gets knocked out. 
So I don't really put a whole lot in that fight. Obviously, he looked really fast, looked good, at striking. I think he'll be able to outstrike Adeshev. I wouldn't be surprised if he knocks him out, too. Like, Adeshev's chin, I thought, was going to be a lot better. Like, I know Tyson Am is probably one of the hardest hitters at flyweight, other than maybe Figueredo. Figueredo probably is the hardest hitter. Tyson Am is probably right up there for the hardest hitter. So you can't put too much dog in that. But I do like Sue, and I'll probably pick I'll pick Sue by knockout. Yeah, I think he's the biggest favorite in the card, right? Besides Nurmagomedov, Nir- Nir- I think he's uh, my most confident pick in the card. Cole, honestly, like I really like him in this fight. There's a few reasons. First off, look at that reach, guys. Seven inch reach advantage. That's incredible. Seventy two inch reach for flyweight. It's amazing. Um, four inches, four ages, uh, four years younger as well for as far as the age goes, which is really nice to see. But what I like most about it is just I think he's gonna have the striking advantage in this fight. I know Adeshev comes from a striking background. We didn't see that against Tyson Am. He, did, he looked like an amateur in that fight. He didn't even have his chin, chin covering, like his chin covered by anything. He didn't have his hands up. He had his hands right by his waist and got KO'd with one punch. How good of a striker really is that guy? I mean, there's been so many fights called for this guy's such a great striker, world class striker. He goes to MMA and just gets smashed, just like that dude did. But Darji looked amazing. It's Malcolm Gordon. I get that guy kind of quit in that fight. I understand. But even the Sukumtov fight call, like, look at the stats for that fight, like, the amount of strikes he landed. The defense is excellent as well. I love everything about him in this fight. Adeshev, I just don't – there's nothing I can like about him here. I understand that he's probably got a little bit on top potential. We probably haven't seen the best of him in the, in the UFC yet or in MMA in general with a 3-2 record. But I don't think he's another Jiga Chikatsi who's going to have, like, a really good run in MMA. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to really struggle. Cool. I don't think he has a well-rounded game. And uh, the defense isn't good in the feed either. So give me Suma Darji, guys. I really like him in this fight. He's my most confident pick. Minus 470 tells you everything you need to know. Everyone's going to bet on this guy in a parlay. That's the problem here. It's, it's kind of unplayable at minus 470. You're going to have to look at a prop, I guess. Um, even Madarji inside a distance is juiced up at minus 185. It's a tough fight to bet just because I think everyone's kind of on the same page with this one. But I really like him in this, win this fight. So figure out a way to, to play him some, in some capacity, I think, because he'll win this fight. Cole. I'm, I'm very confident that uh, he wins. I just wish it was cheaper than minus 470. It opened at minus 265 so i would have played that call minus 265 that would have been a great bet if you guys got that nice, nice bet all right next up another uh bandway boat we have ricky simone against uh jaytano perello i apologize al zulino if you're hearing this podcast i apologize if i uh, pronounce your boy's name wrong but uh uh Gatano perello i believe is the right pronunciation all right so as far as this fight goes simone minus 450 perello plus 360 He's filling in on short notice for uh, someone, isn't he, Cole? I thought he was filling in on short yep. notice, right? Yeah. Who, who got a who, uh, Keller. Keller, her, yeah. Who's your pick? I like Ricky Simone. I just think he's going to be able to wrestle Perello. We've seen Perello struggle a lot when he gets down to the ground. He's He got heel hooked. He's been submitted quite a few times. He did fight Arnold Allen at the distance, which kind of is impressive. But I think if Ricky Simone, what I've seen from Perello is he goes – balls to the wall basically in that first round and if he can't get Joe in the first round he just kind of is done like he he can't really keep up he does have statistics wins but he definitely slows down we've seen Simone get caught before by Uriah Faber so a Perello knockout is not out of the question but I just think Simone will be able to take him down and probably end up submitting him or ground pounding him out probably like the second round I'm honestly not as confident in uh, Simone as I was in Madarji. I feel like Madarji has a much clearer path just with the striking alone. With this fight, like Simone, yeah, I think he'll probably want to wrestle Perello because I watched the tape on this guy too, and he's got holes in his game. There's no doubt about it, Cole, but he does go for broke, and he's got some power, man. Like his, his knees are pretty nasty. The last fight uh, with the liver shot, that was nasty. 
I think he hit him with the knee to the body and just knocked the guy out. It was brutal. So this guy's got some power, man. He, he looked okay on tape. He's not that bad. I think the line's inflated, man. I wouldn't. I honestly don't want to play this fight. I'm going to pass on this one. I like Simone's decent, but I mean, even the UFC struggled a little bit for two. The loss to Faber still worries me, man. I remember how confident I was in that fight call. I, I was so confident he'd win, and he gets KO'd by a guy who's 40 years old. That really worries me going forward. I could I could see Pearl knocking him out, honestly, guys. So I'm going to stay away. I'll, I'll take Simone. I, I think Cole's right. He probably grinds out a decision. That's kind of his MO in the UFC so far. But I wouldn't be surprised if all Pearl knocked him out, honestly. It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. I'm not going to look at the team. That wouldn't be one of the ones that shocked me, just because I think this guy's a little better than people think. I just I can't pick him. The short notice bothers me a little bit, too. Here's a comment from Straight Wager. I think he's talking about the fight with Madarji. Fight won't start second round, plus 275. That's interesting. Yeah, if you see a first round finish, possible, right? Maybe it goes a little later because uh, Adeshev is, you know, he's got some striking skills. Maybe he's going to be able to evade some strikes. But you're right. I, I, I like Madarji in that fight. Anyways, Simone by decision. Cole picks Simone. I think decision, Cole. Is that what you said? No, I think he's going to get him out of there. Oh, you got to finish. Eh? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, this guy could gas. That's what I'm worried about this guy. I can't pick him because of that reason, too. I think he's going to gas out a little bit, but I don't know, guys. I just think the line's a little high. Like, I think people are kind of overrating Ricky Simone. Since when is he minus 450 against anyone? I don't agree with that one at all. No, he's actually saying this one, Simone. Oh, that's interesting. So you see a first-round finish. That's interesting in this fight. Yeah, it's possible. I think it's either a first-round finish or it goes a distance, but we'll see. What do you guys think about that fight, though? Am I crazy to think the line's too high? I, I just – I don't know. I – I guess I'm not as sold on Ricky Simone Cole as some people are. Like I, I was at first. I was really sold on him after the first couple of fights, but the Faber fight turned me off a lot, Cole, I'll be honest. All right, next up we have – okay, we talked about this fight last week, but, I mean, might as well do it again. We'll do it really quick. Tom Breeze against Omar Yakhmedov, and uh, the odds are pretty much the same as they were last week. Minus 160, Breeze, plus 140, Omar Yakhmedov. What's your thoughts on this one uh, a week later, Cole? Yeah, I'm still going Tom Breeze. I, it's still one where – I don't feel confident betting either side just because I wasn't, I did pick Wadier against Omeka Akhmedov, but I still just wasn't impressed. Just him gassing out like that, it kind of worries me with Tom Breeze. Like, you just don't know what Tom Breeze shows up. Like, he does look like he's in shape, but but being a KB bowler, like, obviously it was good to get a win, but KB bowler, not putting much stock into that. He, like, when he's on, Tom Breeze looks like he'd be a top 15 guy, but the problem is you don't know which one's showing up. So, I'll pick Breeze by decision. I think he can stop the takedowns of Akhmedov, uh, has some success eventually, Akhmedov gasses, and he'll win the later rounds. But uh, it's just too hard for me to pick just because I don't know what Tom Breeze – or sorry, not pick, but put money on just because I don't know what Tom Breeze shows up and how Akhmedov's gas tank is going to be. Yeah, there's definitely some risk in this one. I mean, I'm still like – I still like Breeze. I still like him quite a bit. I just – I think based on what I saw in the last fight, he's made some serious strides in his game, mental game too. He's a guy who's had some issues with his mental game, with his heart. A lot of issues, a lot of health issues, which is scary. I hate betting on guys like that. I really do. But, uh, man, he looked great in that last fight. That uh, was so nasty. The way he, he knocked the guy out with the jab, basically. That was incredible. So I was impressed, man. It was nice to see him get a, a win after such a long time away from MMA, two years away. Akhmedov, we know his game. He's got good wrestling. He's a tough dude. He has some power, but his cardio is not very good. And his chin, he's been KO'd a few times as well. So he's got a lot of holes in this game. I still like Tom Breeze, Cole. The, the week delay kind of confuses me. Like, we didn't really hear much. It was just, like, COVID-19 protocol related. Does that mean someone in their camp has COVID? Did one of the fighters get a false positive? We don't really know. Like, there wasn't much information. So that does kind of throw it off. But 
I, I like Breeze, guys. I, and, you know, the line is not bad. Minus 160, that's a reasonable line. You guys know I like playing short lines like that. So that'd be one I'm looking at. Straight wager. Simone can get caught. Pearl's first round of bust. Simone can also sub me. He's finally like a madman early. Just take my, uh, just my take on maybe big plus money spots. Possible for sure. Definitely possible, man. That's why it's plus money, right? Because it's hard to call. But I think you're onto something. Okay, that's it for the prelims call. Let's move on to the main card. First fight in the main card, Leroy Murphy against Douglas Silva DeAndrage. Leroy Murphy minus 310. Silva DeAndrage plus 255. Who's your pick, Cole? And everyone else who's your pick, throw them in the chat. I want to hear what everyone's thinking about this one. I like Leron Murphy a lot here. Douglas Silva DeAndrage. I think he's more of a band weight than a featherweight. And <clears throat> it's kind of funny. It's it's Andrade is like uh tale of two fighters. When the guy fights in Brazil, he looks like a world beater. Like he's I beat Marlon Bear, beat Henan Barrao. Like go down his list when he fights in Brazil. That's mostly what he wins. When he fights out of Brazil, like I don't know if it's just like the travel or whatnot, he just doesn't have success. Got a submit against Rob Fawn, uh corner through in the towel or stop the fight against Peter Yan. Obviously, those are not bad fighters to lose to, but <clears throat> at featherweight, I just like Leron Murphy. I think he's a lot better on the feet. I think he can win this fight wherever. I think if it hits the ground, I like Murphy is better as a grappler on the feet. I think he's gonna be more active. He has the better power. Um, does he finish? I think the real question is does he finish uh Silva Dion Josh? I actually do think he does. I like uh Leron Murphy, what he did to Ricardo. Raw uh, Hamos, that was obviously a good one. Taking uh, Gerard against Zubaira, and people thought he won the fight. So that's obviously, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that was a short notice for Murphy or something. Because, but I've been very impressed with Leroy Murphy in the UFC. I think he goes out there eventually, either taps out or gra- I think he's going to end up and en- eventually going to ground and pound uh, Silva Diandrage out, probably like second, third round. Yeah, I uh, I like this matchup, but I really like Leroy Murphy too in this fight. I love him in this fight, actually, guys. Like he's one of my most confident picks too. And again, he's he's a big favorite for a reason. But the, there's a lot to like about him here. I mean, he's taller. He's got five inch reach advantage, which is really nice to see. Six inch, six eight uh, years younger as well. So I mean, there's a lot of advantages for this guy. Not only that, but I mean, like he's done better than expectations too, which is nice to see. The fight with Tukugov, he was a big underdog, and he had a draw in that fight. Cool. And then the fight with Ramos, he was an underdog, and I picked him in that fight, and he knocked the guy out in the first round, which was a nice win. Dion Drodge has had some nice wins in the UFC, no doubt about it, Cole. Marlon Vera, Penn and Brown, he looked good in those fights. But you're right, Cole, there's something to be said about the location of those fights. I remember those fights. The crowd really got behind that guy. Like, he was, he had the crowd behind him, and I think that he won't have that here. So, to me, this is a fight that takes place in the feet, and Murphy's got that five-inch reach advantage. The question is, does he get finished or not? Can he finish uh, some of the Andrade or not? And uh, it's, a, it's a question I, I need to answer myself like soon because I have a I do a pool with a bunch of friends. We have, we have 30 guys in it this year, Cole, which is great. So we pick the main card. We do the method of finish, too. You get bonus points for that. So I, I really need to nail this one right. Um, but I'm thinking a knockout, too. I actually think a knockout. Based on what I saw in the last fight, he's a savage. The Andrade took a ton of damage in that Peter Young fight. Uh, man, I know he went to the distance with uh, Burrell Cole, but B1 Murphy is a different beast. And I'm 100% with you, Cole. I don't like the weight class for him either. I think he's a 135-er. He is not a 145-er. The weight could be too much to handle too. I'm with you, Cole. I'm going to go with Leon Murphy by TKO. I really like him in this fight, guys. Like I, I'm confident in this to win this fight. Leon Murphy by TKO is plus 110. Inside the distance is even money. So that's not bad. That's definitely something to consider. I, I don't mind that play at all. Okay, next up we have flyweights Tyson Nan. Speaking of the devil, we talked about him earlier, and Max Schnell. This will be a fun fight, Cole. 
This is one of the closest fights in the uh, cards as far as the odds go, guys. Tyson Am, minus 130, Matt Schnell, plus 110. Who's your pick, Cole? I remember back in September, I picked Matt Schnell, but I'm actually going to flip to Tyson Nam now just because of a couple of reasons. <clears throat> I didn't like Schnell botching the weight cutoff, see what's that going to do. And then he pulls out again, so I'm kind of worried of what he's like right now. And just the layoff, it's now a massive layoff, like December of 2019. And the last time he fought, he got knocked out against Alexander Krentosha, who's not really known as that knockout artist as Tyson Nam is. And Nam's been active throughout the time. Like, obviously... Zarouk and Jerome Rivera. It's kind of funny his last two opponents are also on the same guard as them, but um, those obviously aren't the best wins. They're not ranked guys, but I do think Matt Schnell won't be able to take Nam down, and then on the feed, I think Nam's eventually going to land something big and knock out Matt Schnell. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing, actually. The more I looked at it in this one, too. I, I think it's close. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if Schnell won, wins, by the way, guys. like He's got some advantage in this fight. There's no doubt about it. Let's just look at it. Like, He's got two inch reach advantage, which is, in my opinion, two inches is kind of negligible because it's one inch on each each arm. But still, he does have that advantage. He's one inch taller. He's also seven years younger, which I like too. So he's got some advantages. I don't think you can completely discount here, and that's why the line's close. But Tyson Nam, the power is what separates these two, in my opinion. He has legitimate KO power. We saw that in the last two fights. Matt Schnell's been knocked out three times in the UFC. I understand he's improved that aspect of his game probably. He's only been KO'd once in the last, what, three years. But Long layoff, hasn't fought over a year, Cole. That bothers me a little bit, too. Tyson Nam was one of those guys that was staying active during the pandemic and fighting often and looking good. I know he's old. That's what bothers me about him in, here, in this spot, Cole. He's uh, 37, right? Almost 37. 36 right now. Actually, no, he is 37. Wow. So he's, he's getting up there in age. I mean, he's probably the oldest guy in the division. That's what bothers me about him in this spot. But I think skill-wise, he should win this fight if he stays standing, especially. He can knock out Snell. But, you know, maybe he gets tired. Snell takes him down. It's possible. Schnell's ground game is really nasty. So I mean, I'm really curious to see how this fight plays out. I really am, but I, I got a favorite Tyson Nam. I just can't pick Schnell Cole. Not with that chain, man. You know, four and three in the UFC, three knockout losses, and, and I, I just can't I can't trust that. So we'll go with Tyson Nam by TKO, probably the first round if I had to guess. Next up, women's flyweight boat. Roxanne Modafferi against Vivian Eraujo. Eraujo minus 330, Roxy plus 270. Who's your pick? I like Viviana Rujo here. I think she's just going to be able to outwork Roxanne Montefiore on the feet. If Montefiore can't get down to this fight down to the ground, I think she's going to have a lot of problems. But I just think Arujo is going to be a lot physically stronger than Montefiore, where I wouldn't be able to surprise if she's kind of like big brothers or, or I guess big sisters there, where it's like Montefiore kind of goes to that takedown and Rujo just kind of shoves her off. Like, I think she's going to be a bit better everywhere. Uh, what's kind of surprising though is Arujo's 34. Like I didn't think that surprised a lot of people. I think people think she's like this young up and coming prospect of flyweight. Like this is kind of do or die for her to make a run at flyweight. Like obviously flyweight is weak. She's coming off a win over Montana De La Rosa. Looked really impressive on the feet before that loss to Jessica I in a fight that I still remember. I picked I in that fight, and I have no clue why I picked I because I don't really pick Jessica I in a lot of fights, but for some reason I did. And she just kind of that's. The eye fight is kind of how I see this one going, but uh, the opposite. Like, where I was just stronger than Arujo and just kind of stuffed the takedowns and picked her part on the feet. I think that's going to happen on the flip side, where Arujo's going to stuff Montefiore's takedown, be a lot more active on the feet. Be, we've seen Montefiore. Montefiore has been a lot better recently. Her chin showed impressive. Like, Lauren Murphy landed some heavy shots at her. It, she did get wobbled, but she kept it going forward. I don't think Arujo's going to finish Montefiore, but I'll pick Arujo by decision. 
Yeah, I think I pretty much agree that we said there for the most part. Uh, I like Arujo in this fight too. You're right, Cole. She's got to make a run for it. Now, listen, like the thing about her is she's pretty small for this division. She's 5'4". Like she's tiny, right? Roxanne's 5'7". So she's a little bit smaller, but man, she's feisty and she's got good striking. Very good strike. We saw that in the Montana De La Rosa fight, even though I think it was DC that was commenting, that was saying that uh, De La Rosa was winning the fight when Arujo was busting her face off for 50 minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think she's a better striker in this fight. And what I like is the 92% takedown defense. Roxy's got to take her down to win this fight. I don't think she can beat her on the feet. If she takes her down, she could implement a grappling-heavy game plan. That's how she'd win this fight, in my opinion, Cole, just like she did to Barbara and Shevchenko. But I think if it stays staying, which I think it does, I think Arujo pieces are up. Probably decision, though. Roxy's very tough, very difficult to finish, so very, dur- very durable. Um, Arujo by decision, Cole. That's going to be my pick. That prop – Odds on that decision. minus one twenty five. So you have to lay a little juice. Again, not a great play to ever lay juice on props, but I think that's how this fight ends. Arujo by decision. All right, next up, and I got to be honest, why is this fight in the main card? Why? <laughs> this is a terrible fight. It's really bad, guys. I feel in the wave against Vinicius Barrera. Listen, if they want to give these guys one last chance, fine. Put it on the prelims, though. Come on, third fight from the top, really? Uh, anyways. Ike Villanueva, minus 140. Vinicius Moreira, Cole's favorite fighter, plus 120. Who's your pick, Cole? So depressing, eh? <laughs> I don't get – I can understand Ike being still on the UFC roster, getting one more, just because he did the UFC assault, took the short notice, but he gets Chase Sherman. Sherman actually tested positive, so that's going to be a no contest. They're just waiting on Florida. And then against Jordan, uh, Jordan Wright, it just kind of was that fluke cut. Like, who knows how that fight would have gone just because I don't like Jordan Wright's chin. Like, maybe I could have caught him. This, I don't get Vinicius Morea still being in the UFC at all. The guy knocked out against Alonzo Manifield, knocked out against Eric Anders. That was like a combined, like, five minutes of cage time. And then Paul Craig goes out there and drops him. Could have knocked him out, but then just decides to grab on his neck and taps him out. And what's bad though is he just doesn't get like TKO'd. Like this guy gets knocked out cold. Like he gets put out. Like Alonzo Manfield sure has some power, but as disappointed. Eric Anders, I don't think is that not one punch knockout artist he looked against uh, Morea. Like this is a guy they were giving people like Eric Anders and Paul Craig just to get an easy win to build him back up. I think they kind of like Ike. I think all it's going to take is Ike land one big shot. He's going to knock him out. The whole game plan is if Morea can't get the fight down to the ground, he's going to lose. Ike hasn't been submitted. I was looking since like 2016 when he got submitted against Trevin Giles, who is a pretty good grappler. It's been able to stuff some takedowns since then. So I'll pick Villanueva with my first round knockout. I just think he needs to land one punch. Yeah, I forgot with the Sherman fight. It makes more sense that he's getting another fight because uh, the guy tested positive, like you said. And then the fight with Wright, I mean, listen, he actually wanted to still fight in that fight, but the cut was really bad. It was a bad spot too, so. You know why I can see why they gave him another fight, but you know, doesn't mean I think he's gonna stick around much longer, Cole. If he doesn't win this fight, even in the next one, I think he can get released. Um this fight is uh again, don't want to fight your bash because these guys they work their man, they they work their whole lives to get here. So I understand that, but I just don't think these guys belong in the UFC. And we've seen that in their performances. Marrera, like Cole said, three losses by stoppage in the first round look terrible. I guess they're still looking at those fights on like the contender series fight where he submitted John Allen, who's a decent prospect. Like that's a good win. Maybe they think that he can still do that, but I, I just can't see it. He hasn't fought in so long. Dude, the last time he fought, it was on my mom's birthday in 2019, September 21st. That's a long time ago, dude. So yeah, I mean, this guy's not fought in forever. The thing about Ike is he's been submitted a few times. That's what worries me, guys. 
He's been submitted at least twice and probably more because we can't see the method of victories for, for some of those losses he had early in his career in Texas. But, you know, the, the losses, Cole, my submission scare me a little bit. Like, I know that Drysdale submitted him. He's a beast. But Justin Bledet submitted him too. And also Trevin Giles did too. And Trevin Giles is a lot smaller than him too, which is scary. So if this guy goes in the ground, he could get submitted in the first round, I think. So, you know, I, I can't pick Marrero though, Cole, because the chin. I'm with – Cole's right. I mean, this guy, it's one, It's like Brandon Shaw. Remember when Brandon Shaw got touched in the chin? He would get knocked into oblivion. That's exactly what happens to this guy. So I think he'll probably get KO'd, but I just – I can't bet it, man. Trey Ranger says Barrera looked uh, rough on the scale. The towel, towel made a cameo, yeah. I think Ike is just – he's going to be very – he's a very durable guy, Cole, I think, in general, you know, as far as striking goes. But I'm just worried if this guy grabs his neck or his arm or just pulls guard and Ike goes to the ground with him, he can just – Get his neck and submit him. But that like pretty much, Marrera, uh, yeah, Marrera has one path to victory. Cole, he's got to submit him, right? That's the only path. Ike's got a few paths. He can knock him out. He can grind it for a decision. So he's got more paths. I'll take him. But guys, don't bet on that fight. Seriously, don't bet on that one. All right, next up, Morley Alves against Munar Lizaz in the co-main event. Walter Wape out. Odds, Munar Lizaz minus two forty. Morley Alves plus two hundred. The odds actually open as a pick'em call. So early money's coming on Munar. What's your thoughts on this one? I like Munir Lizaz here. I was impressed with him last time out against Abdul Razak al He has a first round knock win over Sasha Palantikov, who looked good against Louis Kosi. Worley Alves just is a guy of, he's another tale of two fighters. If you get out of the first round against Worley Alves, he just spends so much energy trying to get a first round knockout, where once he gets that second round, if you look, that's where a lot of his finishes or a lot of his losses come from. Like He, he will always hold that submission win over Colby Covington which obviously is a really good win. He has a win over Alan Joban, a win over Nordin Taleb. He was an undefeated guy at, heading into that Colby Covington fight. And that was, after beat Covington, I thought, wow, Warley Alves is that next big uh, contender. Then he loses to Brian Barbarain and Kamaru Usman. Uh, gets knocked out against James Krause. Gets submitted against Randy Brown. I just wonder, like, after that first round, he's going to have a lot of problems. Lizez showed off a good chin, so I don't think Alves is going to be able to knock him in that first round. I think eventually Lizez is going to finish him in that second, third round. Yeah, I think that's the question for me, too. Like, how does Lizez win this fight? Does he win by decision or does he stop him? I think they're both possible for sure, but it's it's tough to say, I think. Alves, man, I used to really be behind this guy. Like, I thought he would be a serious contender. I thought he could be a champion at one point when he won tough Brazil. I mean, and I think a lot of people felt that way. He beat Colby Covington. He submitted him. Five years ago on the Aldo McGregor card. So, like, this guy has some huge wins, but, you know, ever since then, Cole really struggled three and four. He's been stopped a few times now. And getting, and, you know, getting stopped by guys like James Cross who don't have a ton of knockout power, that's worrisome. Brandy Brown fight gets submitted. So, that's worrisome, definitely for sure. Um, but I've seen him at his best, too. I saw the fight with Marias in Brazil. I was there for that fight. Cole it was a nasty knockout. Like, this guy still has eight at points. And again, he submitted Colby Covington. So, He's got what it takes to win fights. I just don't know if the confidence is there anymore. Lazez is all about the confidence these days. I mean, we saw in that fight with Alisane, the showcase fight for him, won three straight fights, like you said, Cole. The, the winner of Paolo Tiknov looks great now in hindsight. I mean, we didn't really know much about that guy. He looks great now. So I liked what I saw. I just, I'm not convinced he's, uh, you know, a future contender. Some people are saying I'm not convinced by that, but I think this is a winnable fight for him. I'm, think, I'm thinking more decision, though, I think Alvis could probably go the distance this guy, but I wouldn't be surprised if he puts him out either, So I guess. So my pick's going to be Lizez by decision. Minus 240, I don't love the odds of those guys, I'll be honest. The, these minus 200 guys in that range, Cole, they always seem to lose, man. Like, 
like Buckley, maybe over like minus two fifty, minus two seventy five. They always so he's not there yet. He's not quite there, but he's getting there. And those always scare me. So I don't know. This just that range of odds. It seems like there's more upsets in that range. Either way, yeah, Lazez by decision. That's good, I think. All right, main event of the evening, Cole Michael Chiesa against Neil Magny, and the opening odds. The opening odds actually had Chiesa as the favorite, but it's flipped now. Magny's minus one forty-five. Chiesa's plus one twenty-five. What's your pick in this one, Cole? Yeah, this is a really good fight. I'm really looking forward to this one, but I am gonna go with my third underdog on the card in Michael Chiesa. I just Neil Magny looked good. Um, against Li Jing Liang, and obviously that win looks good. Looks good against Robbie Lawler, but the Anthony Rockabarn fight kind of... There's a lot of questions of who even won that fight, and Rockabarn was just kind of being able to grind Magny out, make it a really boring fight. Like, Chiesa does have to worry about... Uh, Magny has a huge reach. Like, can Mag Magny has all the capabilities just to use his jab, not let Chiesa get inside, just win a decision that way, but I do think Chiesa's going to be able to close the distance. I do think he's going to be able to take him down. And the problem I have with Neil Magny still is maybe I shouldn't have this problem anymore, but I still think he makes a lot of mental mistakes in a fight where uh, he just, like, he's been submitted a lot. When he gets down to the ground, like, he just kind of gets lazy and makes some bad choices when he gets down to the ground. I think that happens against Michael Chiesa. Chiesa is going to submit him. I don't know if I, a finish here happens, but I do like Michael Chiesa just to use his grappling, just kind of be able to grind out either a decision or maybe, like, a late submission win. Look at this comment from Straight Wager. Lazez goes from plus 300 to minus 200. Versus what could be a more respected fighter? Yeah, that that always worries me too, guys. So you know, I see a lot of people blindly parlaying Munar. He probably does win. I'm just saying, like, there's some there's some things to be worried about. Anytime you're like fading a guy hard against Allison and he gets to be a, a big under favorite in his next fight, that's kind of something that's a bit of a red flag to look for. So I think that's uh, definitely something to keep your eye on. Straight wager. Okay, my thoughts on the main event. I think it's going to be a really competitive fight. I like this match a lot. You know what really surprised me, Cole, was when. Uh, they're the same age. I was shocked by that. I thought Magny was way older for some reason. They're the same age. He's three months older, but I mean that's just, that's the same thing. Um, listen, Kiesa's look great at one time. I've always liked Michael Kiesa. I picked him in the Ultimate Fighter back in the day with me, Nick, and Luca. That was almost ten years ago, and I can't believe it. I picked him in that fight. I was like, he's gonna win. And everyone thought it was crazy. He goes in there, beats I Quinta to win tough. And he's had a pretty good career in the UFC. And you know, I've picked him in most of his fights. Even the fight like against Mazalov, I picked him. Lozon, he's disappointing in those fights. Since moving up to 170, looks like a different guy, though, no doubt about it. Three straight wins. Condit, Sanchez, RDA. Dominated them with his wrestling. So he's looked great. But this is a tough fight, man. This is a really tough fight. Neil Magny is so well-rounded, and he's just so good everywhere. And there's so many advantages he has in this fight. He's two inches taller. I like that. I love this. Five-inch reach advantage. He has a reach advantage almost every fight. And the thing about Neil is... Cole, he really does know how to use his reach. He stays at distance better than anyone probably in the sport right now. He's able to use that long jab, move his head, bounce around. His chin's not great. If he gets caught in the chin, he can be KO'd. We've seen that a few times. Michael Chiesa doesn't have knockout power. Michael Chiesa has to get into the ground to win this fight. Magny has pretty good takedown defense, though. Um, if you look at his last couple of fights, Li Jingliang took him down twice. Rocco took him down once. Robbie Lawler didn't take him down at all. And in fact, he's actually the one initiating the takedowns now. So... I think he's turned into an extremely well-rounded fighter with decent takedown defense, and this is a five-round fight. Michael Chiesa has never been five rounds before. That worries me. Neil Magny has been five rounds, and he beat Kelvin Gastelum in Mexico. He went five rounds with him, and he chose his cardio in that fight, and I think he's a better fighter now. You know, Neil and that chin is always going to worry me against a guy with big power, but against a guy like Chiesa, against a grappler, I think this is a winnable fight for Neil Magny, guys. So... 
yeah, I think Neil Magny can use his jab, keep distance, stuff some of the takedowns. I'm not saying all of them will be stuffed, but I think, you know, as long as he doesn't turn his back the wrong way in the ground and get re-naked choked in the first round, I think he's going to win decision, Cole. So that's going to be my pick in this fight, guys. Neil Magny, win decision. What's the problem with that? Magny by decision plus 145. Yeah, I wouldn't even play that. I would just play him straight, if anything. But, you know, it's an interesting fight. If Kiesa wins this fight, he's legit as hell. But if Magny wins, it's time for, like, a top five opponent for him. What's Marcus saying? Oh, I'm leaning towards Magny by decision. Okay, so same as me. What are other people thinking? I'm really curious to hear what you guys' thoughts are. I think this is a really interesting fight, Cole. I like the fact it's five rounds. That's that's awesome. Um, it's too bad we aren't breaking down Leon Edwards and Cam's at right now. Eh? Like I would have yeah. really liked to talk about that fight. But yeah, I don't know, Cole. We'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, Cole got he had three underdogs. I had two. We'll see what happens, guys. And uh, there's going to be some underdogs to cash. There was I think five that won the other day, right? Four or five. So it's going to happen. Um, anyone has any questions? We have a few minutes left here. Like we'll answer any questions, Cole. Um, so, uh, you see me, I, I uh, posted the uh, the opening odds for Volkanovski Ortega. Volk, minus 185, Ortega, plus 155. What's your initial thoughts on that one? Might as well ask you. I'm not too surprised. I think I figured that's what it was going to be. I think you got to get action on both ways. I think there's some people that think Volkanovski is the real deal and will get bet up at that price. I think people that are Holloway fans think, oh, Volkanovski isn't the real champ. It'll bet Ortega. I think that's going to be kind of where that line even closes come fight night. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that one. It, it looks pretty fair to me. I think people might start fading Volkanovski for some reason. Like, listen, I didn't think he won against Max in the second fight, but I, I think people are uh, – they got to realize it wasn't him who scored the fight, you know. So the guy's still a great fighter, man. The fact he had that first one over Max is, is super impressive. There's a few other things, Cole, we'll just talk about really fast here. Um John Jones, Dana White says he's going to get the winner of uh, Francis and Stipe. No, not surprising at all, right? No, not at all. You knew that was going to happen, especially with Blades fighting Lewis Rosen strike. Yeah, like, I thought like, that, I thought there was a chance he could get a tune-up for a while, like against an Overeem kind of guy like that. But we know that's not going to happen. And you know what? I think the UFC is like we can't risk him like getting hurt or something or testing positive or whatever, and we got to just book him for this title fight. So. Yeah, he'll probably fight the winner that I, I would say in the fall, maybe. But, you know, it depends. I think if Francis wins, he'll be more likely to fight soon. If Stipe wins, I don't think he's going to be in a rush to get back in the octagon. I'm surprised they got Stipe to fight again this soon, Cole. It seems like he's a guy who likes to fight once a year in the summer, and now he's fighting in March. So that's pretty cool. Uh, what else, Cole? You had your article here. Dustin Poirier issues bold prediction for a rematch with Conor McGregor. What's his bold prediction again? First round knockout. Yeah, yeah. And it's possible. I think it's possible. I you think. Know? I think people are kind of sleeping on Dustin a little bit in this fight, but we'll talk about that on Thursday. We're gonna say I just think the longer the fight goes, the better for Dustin. I think yeah. if if you were to tell me, um, say someone could t- travel in time, they travel back, and they said that fight ends in a first round knockout, I'd say okay, then Connor won. If you're telling me it ends in a fifth round knockout, I'd be like, oh, I kind of would lead Poirier then. But I yeah. think if it's an early finish, it's gonna be Connor winning. That's the thing; it's it's gonna come down to that. Like if you can't get him out the first couple round, maybe round or two. If he can't, he could be in serious trouble later the fight goes. And I think Dustin has the better cardio. But again, we'll talk about that Thursday. Uh, what else? Um, Calvin Cater, man, the statement he made and, and the face, the the damage. He's gonna be out for a while, eh, Cole? Like he's I didn't get your thoughts on that because you weren't on the you weren't with me yesterday with Marcel. What'd you think? Like you I saw your tweet though. You said it should have stopped after round four, I believe. Yeah, I thought it could have been stopped quite a bit. Even like 
every almost every round, Cater was going back to his corner wobbly. At what point, like I know Cater has a lot of power, but Max has such a good chin. Like he, there was no reason for him to go back out for that fifth round. I don't think. It's just like the Spencer Nunez fight. It was the exact same thing. Like you didn't need to send her off for that last round, which got beaten up. And it was this fight was even worse. Listen, man, the fact he went the distance is admirable. I don't think anyone would have really thought any less of him and you got finished in the third round, though, you know? Like, yeah, now we know we're like, oh, Cater's super tough, but like I'm telling you right now, there's no fighter that wants to be known as tough. They don't want to be known as tough or having a good chin. If you're known as tough or having a good chin, you're probably getting your ass kicked in most of your fights. Now, in this in his case, listen, he's usually the one knocking guys out, but in this fight. I mean, Max's performance, well, I, greatest performance, greatest single performance in UFC history, possibly? What do you think? It would be right up there. It's, yep. Like, that was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Dude, 444 significant strikes landed. That's insane. The previous record is 290. So, like, he, he went, and I think that was him, too, against Ortega, if I'm not mistaken. So, and the fight against Dustin, I think he's third overall. Like, he's, he's so good, man. Jamie Gidley, did you hear Calvin breathing in his corner? At the end of round four, he sounded bad. Dude, that fight, I think, was that the 10-7 round or was it the third round? I can't remember, but one of those rounds could have been like 10-7 and it should have yeah. been stopped. The fourth round, yeah, the fight should have been over. I think it was the third or fourth. It's one of those middle ones. Yeah, you're going to talk to those guys, Calvin or Tyson, anytime soon? or Probably not anytime soon. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Marcus, who would you favor, John Jones or Francis? I personally don't like John moving up to heavyweight considering how he performed. That's a great question. Listen, like the odds right now, what are they? Let me take a look. John Jones. Okay, Francis minus 145, Jones plus 115. I don't know. I mean, like those odds will shift depending on how the Steve Bay fight goes cold. But I'll be honest, man, I'll take John Jones at plus money. I will pick John Jones against any single heavyweight. Probably. I'll pick John Jones because I'll, I've, I've never picked against him, man. Is there anyone you pick against John Jones? Like, yeah. I don't because, like, the way I look at it is – Francis Ngannou, sure, he has a lot of power. We've never even seen John Jones be rocked. Like he, yep. And he doesn't get hit. I still have a lot of questions about Ngannou's takedown defense. Like That's the thing. Like This Miocic rematch, I don't really know how it's going to go just because the whole thing after that Miocic was Ngannou had zero takedown defense. Like yep. He was taken down, and he had no cardio after the first round. But we haven't seen him after the first round because he knocks on everyone in a minute. So what happens once he can't get Miocic, if he doesn't get Miocic out of there in the first round? Like, Then are those same questions going to be there? Like, We don't even know if Ngana's improved at all. And it looks like the fight with, uh, what's his name, Derek Lewis. Or had Lewis at plus 300. I love that one. Anyways, uh, I don't, by the way, did you see that Jones video in the, in the helicopter? Did you see it? No. Dude, he's sitting in the helicopter shooting at pigs. It's pretty messed up. Like, I understand people want to hunt and kill. That's fair, but you know if that's that's what you're going to do. But you know, not for me, man. Not for me. And the comments, people are not they're not too happy about it because the pig was dead and he kept shooting at it. It's kind of messed up. Anyways, uh, what else we got here, Cole? We've got a few minutes left. What do you think? What, what, what about Matt Brown? I want to ask you about him. You think he'll fight again? I think he will. He's left it kind of up in the air. He said, "Like I'm not sure yet," but. He's back in the gym already. I think if he won, uh, from what I gather talking to him, I think if he won, he that's what his career high, and he wanted to go on that note. I think just that loss, thing, he's going to get one more. Carlos Connor, you think he resigns with the UFC? I think so, just because I don't really know who else would sign him. Like PFL, I don't PFL maybe for the welterweight tournament. That'd be that'd be cool. He could fight Rory again. That'd be nice. I'd watch that fight. I don't really know how many fights Condit has left. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if he calls it a career after this one, too. Eventually, like, a couple months, he goes, yeah, I'm done. Or did my next fight to my retirement one. I think he ends in the UFC, though. 
I think it needs money, dude, because I know he had that coffee shop that went like I think it didn't do too well. I could be wrong about that, but I know that he was. I think he had some issues with that business. So I mean, listen, man. I think he'll keep fighting as long as UFC offers him fights. So I think he, he's called a natural born killer for a reason, right? Thirty six years old, so he's getting up there, Cole. But Matt Brown's forty. There's a big difference. Let me get these comments. Got a few minutes left here. Marcus, uh, sorry, straight wager. It's a wonder that Max's performance against uh, hasn't gained Dustin more support the window. I know different weight class fights, etc. People seem to hire Max after the weekend. I mean, how can you not be right? But again, he's a different guy at 155. We saw the fight Dustin didn't look the same. The power was the difference. Remember at 155, Cole, when Dustin was hitting him? The, the difference between getting hit by a featherweight and a uh, lightweight is it's huge. By the way, like Calvin Cater actually landed a lot of shots in that fight. He did quite well offensively, just the defense wasn't there at all. Jamie says that uh, Nagano Lewis fight was comedy gold. It sure was. Marcus, I'd like to see Condit Lawler. Sure, I'd watch that fight. Why not? That'd be fun. Why not? By the way, how is Lawler still ranked in the top 15? He is, right? Like, I don't I don't know how, though. He hasn't won in forever. Straight wager, Condit versus Nick Diaz. Sure, I'd watch that fight, too. Do you think they're going to announce Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz's fight this week or something? Like, because Dana was talking about it. What do you think they were thinking? He said not Tony, but when he said that, I'm thinking it's, it is Tony. What do you think? I think it's Justin Gaethje. Gaethje, right? I think Gaethje would just leg kick him. Oh, in I, think you would too. <laughs> I don't really think Gaethje has much interest in Oliveira. That's the problem. I don't think Mont- I don't think Gaethje, Poirier, McGregor all really care about Oliveira because it's a tough matchup and it's hard to sell because he doesn't speak English. I think that's going to be such a knock on Oliveira getting these big fights. It's going to be like, why would McGregor? McGregor took Aldo because it was for the belt. Like, is he really going to fight Oliveira? We can't really promote it when it's not going to be for a belt or anything. Like I, when, especially when if if a vacant title is Connor or Oliveira or Connor or Gaethje, fans get more excited for Connor Gaethje. Like I think if they're going to do Gaethje Diaz, Connor Poirier, I think the winners fight each other. Yeah, it's too bad Oliveira just doesn't have more like support behind him because he deserves that shot at the belt. Cold, there's no doubt, but. I, I don't know. It's crazy because he's he has the most submissions in UFC history. He's super exciting, but it just seems like people would rather see someone other other guys fight for the belt. But we'll see what happens. Habib seemed impressed for what it's worth. And by the way, worst announcement ever, right? That announcement sucked, right? It was terrible. All right. Yep. Yeah. Anything else you want to say, Cole? We got two minutes left. It was literally the nothing changed. Like he's still a maybe if he's going to fight again. It's a joke. It was a terrible announcement. Dana White to, to go and tease people and say yes, he's going to give us a yes or no answer. Come on. I mean, listen, like he shouldn't have been so cocky about it. And actually, at least Dana, I saw him joke around about the press conference. John Morgan was like, you said you're going to get a yes or no answer. He was like, yeah, about that. So he knew that he knew that he spoke too soon. And last question, I'm going to take your comment. I should say, Marcus, I wish Charles Oliveira took the Chandler fight. Yeah. But it was short notice against a guy who's never made his debut in the UFC. Why would he risk his win streak? I can see both arguments for it. All right, Cole, that's it for today's podcast. Guys, everyone, thanks for tuning in as always. Cole, please plug your, everything you want uh, fans to know where you are. Uh, Twitter, at Kleshaw91. The show this week, it's out already. It's Dan Hooker, Michael Chiesa, Matt Frivola, Roxanne Montferry. Some stories with all them. Fighter picks for Connor, Poirier, and Chandler Hooker. Everything else is always on my Twitter, whatever I do. Cole's killing it. And actually, I think you'll be doing a little bit of writing at MA Oddsbreaker coming up very soon, Cole. So that's going to be nice to see you. Uh, with your writing on the site. Okay, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Martin, as you know, podcast, MMAoddsbreaker.com, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, everywhere pretty much you can find the podcast. Uh, I'm also available at bjpen.com, MMAoddsbreaker.com. 
Have a great day, everyone. Enjoy the fights tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern time. So I'll be waking up with uh, my tea and uh, the fights. It's going to be good. And then Thursday morning, 10 a.m., UFC 257 breakdown. Have a good one, guys. Talk to you soon.